This is Meet the Movie Press. It's Friday, September 21st, 2018. It's Fukunaga. Carrie Fukunaga. Star Wars, Episode 9. And I bring Nick Cage and Blumhouse together. It's a beautiful thing. Plus, the box office and the week's big releases. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. <laughs> it's Meet the... Shush! It's a library! This is our church. Behave! Uh, it's Meet the Movie Press. My name is Simon Thompson. Welcome. It's September 21st, 2018. So much to get through. We're going to speed through this. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon. I have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. And you can see my work everywhere from E! News to Forbes to Reuters to the BBC and beyond. Even sometimes inside by Now Magazine, among others. Uh, welcome to the show. we got a lot to get through, as I say. Uh, joining me, as always, is uh, Dimitri. Hey, movie fans. And uh, someone you might not remember from the show. Uh, he's a newbie. Uh, what's your name? Skeet? Uh, I like to be called Scoot. Scoot. They can't meet these Scoot. They can't meet these Scoot. First of all, Dimitri Panos, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. Who are you where can we find you? My name's Dimitri. You can find me here in the Popcorn Talk Networks. Meet the Movie Press, the best show about movies and the business that you can uh, listen to and watch. Also on Anatomy of a Movie, also on the Popcorn Talk Network, uh, where we talk about movies. We break a movie down. We do about two a week. This week, uh, we look to do The Predator and A Simple Favor. Mm. So tune in later on today. And uh, if you've seen the movies, come and join that's where you can find me. Oh, and on, on the Twitters, <laughs> at DMovies1701. And Scott Manziel, on welcome the, back. On the Twitters. <laughs> the Twitters. Um, guys, it's so great to be back. It's, I well, miss I you mean, guys, it's, you know. It's, I mean, you're here. I mean, yes, the, <laughs> yeah, the audiences have gotten a little bit of a different uh, crowd. It's called diversity. Yeah, welcome yeah, to yeah, the yeah, new yeah. Hollywood, my friend. Yes. You don't say. <laughs> you, you don't, don't say. <laughs> you mean I, well, I just said that film festival where they just invited 200 people from under underrepresented Presented voices oh. to Toronto International Film Fantastic. Festival. Fantastic. So uh, I am Scott Menzel. I am happy to be back with these two guys. Welcome back. And uh, I do uh, a plethora of things. Um, I do We Live Film, which is an extension of We Live Entertainment. Uh, I also am on this wonderful show. I'm on another show called Clearly Black you've Tomatoes. Never seen it. Yeah, clearly <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah, never seen it. Clearly you've never seen never, it. Never, never, never. I'm on Black Tomatoes at 5 p.m. on Black Hollywood Live, which is on Sundays. And and then, of course, I do the L A O F C S, their favorite. L M N O P. Yeah, M L M L Weekly. And that is on Fridays at 11 a.m. right here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Well, unfortunately, we don't have any time That's for anything else right. in the show. Uh, <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. Jesus. We need to work on that. That needs to be a little, a little bit, bit tighter. Shorter. Yeah. A little bit tighter. Uh, yeah, so we have a lot to get through. <laughs> Talking of Toronto. Yes. You met some people, real people who actually watch. And listen to the show. Yes. Uh, Ricky was one of them. Ricky, yeah. And yeah. he was amazing. I actually met him at the uh, Telluride. Telluride, yeah. And he was just awesome, and I got to talk to him for a little bit. Really? And uh, we awesome. we met outside one of the front, I think it was the front runner screening, and we mm-hmm. talked a little bit. And he's a real passionate guy. He, I think he's a, a, a diehard uh, Damien Chazelle fan. He has a La La Land tattoo. Holy shit! Yeah, Holy yeah. Oh my God. I was uh, I was pretty impressed by that. So that's a movie lover, if I that's do say so you myself. Don't see a lot of. 
No. La La Land tattoos. No, 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 no. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone or seen anyone with one. No, so, no, no. Yes. Kudos. Yeah. Kudos to Ricky. for him. That's yeah. No, it's a great movie. I mean, I've got a Police Academy one on my ass, cheek. <laughs> Which is, one? Is, it, is it five? Yeah, what, five yeah. what, which, which movie or which ass cheek? <laughs> no, no. Anyway, uh, let's get talking about the week's big movie releases. Okay, we touched so on cheeky. some of them. No, we're going to talk about the news first of all. Uh, we touched on some of this in the <laughs> intro. Bond 25 has got a director again. Yeah. Danny Boyle out. Carrie Fukunaga is in. Uh, it's now going to open in 2020. Now, Fukunaga's name was thrown around quite a while ago around this Bond project. Uh, Didn't get the job, went to Danny Boyle, now he's back on top. Uh, A lot of people saying this is the first time that a Bond director has been more attractive than James Bond. (laughs) I've got to say, he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Um, And his work has been very interesting to date. What do you guys think about this hiring? It's an interesting choice, for sure. Um, You know, he's kind of had his uh, hit and misses. uh, Hit and misses. Yeah. and you know this is kind of coming off, isn't it? Um, the TV, the HBO show that what was it? Oh, True Detective. True Detective, True, the yeah. second season, which yeah. I know people really, really did not like. Mm-hmm. So I think he got a lot of backlash for that. So I'm kind of surprised that they're putting him in right now. But it's also like they want to give someone a chance. They want to get this freaking movie made at this point. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, I agree. They want to get the movie made, and and I like the fact. I mean, they're taking a risk. They really yeah, are. Because, That's a good way of putting it. You know, and, but not unlike when you hire folks like the Russo brothers who came in from TV comedy, yep. comedy yep. to TV, do yeah. Captain America. And smaller movies. And, right. So, I mean, Collingwood was their first movie, which yeah. is not a hit, not a big movie. Interesting cast. So it's it's almost like they're taking a page from, from, from Marvel or Disney where... Let's bring in a guy who showcases some talent, mm-hmm. and maybe he's good for the project. So I'm just very fascinated. And, and if Daniel Craig and the Broccoli's uh, are on board yeah. with this, uh, you know, maybe he'll put something fresh, or we'll make it. You know, make this. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we say about that it needs this. to be made. It's not exactly if the Broccoli's <clears throat> are under pressure. The Broccoli's, right. you know, they 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 will wait. Until they're happy to press the green light, the go button. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take this. They've, they've been burnt before. They're going to make sure they feel they've got the right tools for the job. I also want to say that this is there is so much anticipation around this Bond film. Now. Yeah. I mean, this is this is insane. We've been through directors. We've been through all these talks. You know, mm-hmm. We're not even out of this movie, and we were talking about who's going to be the next Bond. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is just so much buildup to this that this movie better pay off. Mm. Well, I think it's... It, well, it... it has to in a sense because um, we had talked about this earlier yeah. uh, in past weeks about Bond where Skyfall to me especially of the Daniel Craig ranks really up there and then you know uh, Spectre I liked not as much as Skyfall mm. a lot of people mm-hmm. were very soft on Spectre I liked it a little bit more than a lot of other people but if this is in fact going to be Daniel Craig's last Bond yeah it needs to be on the money go out with a bang yeah and we've touched on that before and obviously the, the release date is going to be um is <coughs> going to be quite interesting it's going to be Valentine's Day uh, no more Fifty Shades, so well, we I, need I a was, replacement. I was going to say, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, did anybody go and see Fifty Shades on Valentine's Day? When that, the first one came yeah. out. Uh, yeah, true. I mean, I'm yeah. just like, oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't want sticky seats on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know where you go <laughs> to the movies, but I didn't go. Yeah. Oh, so clearly, maybe, clearly the yeah. skankiest of places. <laughs> 
The dirtiest movie theaters. He goes to the places where they have the covers, you know, the plastic yeah, covers. Uh-huh. Well, like studs sure. in West Hollywood. Yeah. The, yeah, one of the last remaining porno theaters yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Instead of cup holders, it's disinfecting wipes <laughs> in every seat. Well, I mean, they're, they're cup holders. They're just not used for what they're meant to be used for. Uh, so, yeah, so so February is going to be really interesting because we previously had them sort of, you know, summer and end of year. Yeah. I'm, I can't remember a Bond movie, and I might be incorrect on this, that's come out in that window, that February. But it's a window that is usually reserved for um, awards movies, that January, February kind of coming out around the Oscars type thing. Now, 14th, depending on where they hold the Oscars that year, it really might affect whether they can be nominated for any Oscars that year because the film might not have been released or agreed in that window. Could that potentially... Because obviously some years Oscars are in March, some are in February. This year, for the next one... It's going to be in February. February. Last year was early March. It was right. right at the end of the calendar. So it, that might also... Because obviously Bond is, is often put forward for these things. BAFTA probably won't make that much difference because <laughs> BAFTA's around the same time as well. So that, they'll probably let that sneak through. But if they're looking for this to be like they have with other other film series where you reach the end of an installment and end of, a, of an era and you go like, actually, we're going to save loads of awards for that. And I'm not saying director or best movie, but I'm talking about some other areas. Will that affect that potentially, do you think? And that's obviously not um, going to be in the forefront of their mind. It depends. It's the popular category comes back. Uh, yeah. So, but then, I, I, I but then it would, that would be exempt from that because it wouldn't right, have been released right, right. in time to become popular. And then you get people basically falsifying a result because that's more of an anticipation award rather than a popular film award. <laughs> Do you well, know what I mean? True. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Wouldn't, that that also, wouldn't that also be they would have to release it in L.A. and New York at <clears> least like one week? In December. Which they sometimes do release films here before the UK, but, but I Bond feel is like usually that, the other way that's around. That's what I'm saying, and I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't I, know if this it, is a type of film that would do that. It's an odd date, you know, mm. because ever since I've started seeing Bond in a theater, which was a while ago, it's either been the summer, and then it's sort of migrated towards the end of summer to, like, November. Yeah. The past mm. couple of Bonds November have, have been November yeah. Bonds, so... February 14th is a time, too, when there's not a whole hell of a lot out, too. Well, it's right well, after Christmas. But here's the thing. This year, these <clears throat> last couple of years have proven yep. that there is room for movies at the end of January uh, and absolutely. in February. That oh, yeah, have I mean, it's, it's become so incredibly successful. And there's nothing else out. And if it's good, it can run for a while. But it also, yeah. it also spells bad times. And I've got a correction to make in just a second. But sure. um, it spells bad for those movies that sneak out in January, February and manage to claw back some money. Yes. When, you know, the likes of Nine Lives, Kevin Spacey, that kind of movie where it's like people will go and see it because they want to go to the theatre and there's literally nothing else to go and see. So that kind of that January, February thing where you sneak out those movies that you don't know what to do with and maybe you can do it sometimes horror stuff that's lower end or, you know, they're not confident in that release. That's when it falls. So I think that could potentially put the shits to be quite frank, up a lot of studios who are going to try and sneak that out. But obviously now we've got platforms they can release those on, where they can sell them in and recoup some of the losses or, you know, and some of the sales on that, but right. won't be the same. We just need to correct something. Uh, you referenced uh, Fukunaga's uh, True Detective season. It was season one, one, which is Beloved, that he did. He left before season two, oh, which okay. isn't Beloved, so just to correct okay. that. But didn't he, didn't he have something to do with season I two? Thought I thought he did too. 
thought it was like a producer or something because I thought it was his show. Sky Patterson saying, I think MGM Sony Pictures should give Bond 25 a page one rewrite, go into production on the film in July 2019, <clears throat> December 2019 in Europe and Asia, release it in October 2020. Uh, take your time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think February is an odd time um, for it to uh, for it to open. Um, I mean, I'm it's quite definitely- surprised. I would have thought maybe even like April, beginning of the summer, because right. we haven't had a Bond summer event movie for quite a while. So why not do that April, early May, and have it coming out hard right at the beginning of the summer? Because you know it's going to play for ages. It but could potentially yeah. they decided against that because that's a very high competition time for screens like the holidays where it's kind of like okay if you've got five thousand if bond's opening on five thousand screens i'm fully expecting this will be one of the largest releases in cinema history as far as screens go then you've got to turn around and go hey sorry paramount sorry warner we don't have the screens bonds in town right and then you start to have a few kind of issues and some of the major movies that studios put money behind don't get the platform that they right. like to play out on but on on fukunaga um interesting choice yeah and yeah, i think some of the best bond movies have had interesting directors sure whether they've been the best bond movies i don't know but some of the most interesting ones yeah so i think it's going to be really interesting to see uh let's move on to overall star wars production slowing down as lucasfilm <laughs> and disney regrouped. predicted right here it i was, was gonna say i don't i don't want to say and dimitri tweeted this this week yeah. the hollywood is listening yeah. now i don't want to say that hollywood is listening i do but he will. Yeah, I will. <laughs> because we did, we discussed this not like six or eight weeks ago. Yes. And we said this, we thought this was going to happen. I'm assuming these talks were also going on behind closed doors at the time already. But it is a great coincidence that it looks like we might know if what the fuck we're talking if about. If you say so. I mean, I, yeah, look, I, mean, I don't it's say it's things willy, Look, I don't say you things don't. willy-nilly unless I have facts. In fact, you okay? don't say willy-nilly so at all, fact. to be honest with yeah. you. Well, I don't know. I think willy-nilly. that's the first time I've done He's done. showing his age right, right now. Yeah. Here's your willy-nilly. We well, <laughs> <laughs> made bloody willy-nilly. <laughs> anyway, I'll get to Mary Poppins later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, governor. Oh, blimey. So, but I have examples. Yeah. We can give examples. Star Wars being one. You were we're going to we'll talk about later. something later, yeah. so I'll bring it up then. Uh, Miles Teller and Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, Hollywood is watching. <laughs> Whether they want to... Listen, they could be in the closet listening. I mean, they may not want to admit it Are yet. You, is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? They you're may not the want to admit it yet, but they're paying attention. And they're saying, these guys almost know what they're talking about. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, take heed. So Star Wars slow down. Of course you, yeah, you it have makes, to. It makes total sense. Um, and this was always something that was a concern <clears throat> way, way back when we started to see uh, originally the movies going like year one, year two, year three, every single 12 months. It was always potentially going to be. And then you start slotting in, you know, sub stories and spinoffs. And, you know, you th- we noticed early this year that there's a point where you have a movie in theaters that people are starting to talk about, and you're still talking about the previous movie. And it's just, it's a wave. It's a constant wave, and it just gets a bit too much. And things burn. And also don't forget that we are a part of the film community, so we see things very differently to the guy on the street. And they get sick of shit. It's like why I don't think we should publicize movies so far in advance these days. Because people get very confused. They get bored of it. They think stuff's come out. Uh, we're not normal as as moviegoers. We're in a we're in a bubble, um, and I just think this is this is something that's happening. And also, I think they just need to slow down and make sure they get the quality right. 
Yeah. People, people will wait two years for another movie in a franchise. Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, great examples of that. Right, right. People will wait 18 months, two years, and then, because you leave them hungry for it. You don't want to eat lunch right after you've had breakfast. You don't I want to rush it. I think it's a, it's a right decision. Me. I'm just uh, amazed that it's taken them so long to get to this point. They forgot what made the anticipation of Star Wars... Amazing. 100%. And that is exactly what we were saying. What you just said is that, you know, Star Wars comes out. It was a few years. Then we got Empire. Right. Empire left on this amazing cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And it was still, they, they, we had to wait. Like, so when they bought Lucasfilm, <clears throat> this whole idea, they felt the only thing that's been in this shield that's been able to survive shield the saturation yeah. is Marvel. Yeah, oh. for some reason. Well, and I, and I, we, we were, it was interesting. I had a conversation about this just the other day. And the thing is about Star Wars, and we've talked about this on this show, mm. is that the story is very much the same. So mm-hmm. in every movie, it's the same thing, whether it's new faces or old faces. It's yep. up against the rebellion. There's a big bad guy. And with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though the stories are very similar, there's a space comedy or there's like yep. a, a war movie and that there's more and more characters and they're they're all different in personality. Mm-hmm. This even when you watch these new episodes, the characters feel like different versions of the original characters. And yeah. apart from movies like Rogue One, which is would right. be the equivalent in the Marvel universe of a uh let's say a Doctor Strange or a Guardians of the Galaxy yes. or a Black Panther, which is part of a larger machine. Yes. But also a standalone entity where it doesn't really, as part of the narrative, doesn't have that connection initially yeah. to the rest of the world. I agree. So I think, I, I mean, really I think should it's... should have stood alone. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I, I think, I think it's really... really hate that one, huh? Which one? Guardians of the Galaxy? R- no, no, Rogue One. Rogue One. I am no, not I, a Rogue One I love Rogue One. I mean, it's yeah. fine to disagree, but I mean, uh, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I no, can but... prove to you that I'm right. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the overall Star Wars production, I think, slowing down absolutely makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Um, makes sense. I mean, I, I, I was all, I, we knew this a little while ago. We kind of felt that this was coming. Um, but I think the anticipation is key. Um, I think the story planning and I think the designing is absolutely key. Um, you know, there are several factors which I think they perhaps thought they could circumvent because of fan loyalty. But I think also fan intensity around this stuff is there has been, and it happens with many franchises, there's been quite a lot of negativity around well, it. Well, yeah, there was and so you much don't give chance crash. for that to burn off. Yeah. So you're going off the back of a burn into a new product where people, I mean, there was someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, that was saying the other day that they. They boycotted Solo because they were still so angry about the Last Jedi. Oh, and yet I then that they went yeah. and yet then they they somehow saw Solo and they were kicking themselves because it was a kind of a dick move because they actually enjoyed Solo. But you, but the and I'm hatred- like, I just think you just you just need to give space for pardon the pun for this stuff. <laughs> To, to breathe. Well, not yeah. only that. Don't take the oxygen out of the room. They spent so much money. Disney has spent so much money investing in this franchise, right? Like, yeah. it's like this yeah, was yeah, like yeah. such a, what is it, a million, billion, gazillion dollar move. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they started getting so much negative energy and so yeah. much negative press, um, you know, not only from Solo, but what was it, The Force Awakens? Not The Force Awakens. Last, was, Jedi. La- Last yeah. Jedi. Like, they just... I think they, they, they realize that, okay, we need to slow this down. Otherwise, this franchise that we spent this much money on is not going to become valuable but anymore. You, you can't miss something if it doesn't go away. It's, like, it's, like, it's almost like a marriage. 
any marriage, in order to be successful, you have to have a little bit of space, a little bit of room to breathe, a little bit of your own personal time where it's going off to another room or whatever. And it's not just marriage, any relationship. And I think if you if you spend continually so much time in a universe, in a relationship, let's quantify it as that, you you get a bit pissy with each other. Well, I also think the problem lies is that these movies, in in a lot of ways, remind me of like a horror franchise that goes on too long. Yeah, okay? yeah. like you could think of like Saw or Paranormal yeah. Activity. Where yep. like as they keep going, you keep seeing the box office receipts, and then you keep hear, hearing more and more people complaining about it. Yeah, and the difference between it's those going through movies, the motions. Yeah, and then the difference between Star Wars though and like movie like Saw is that Saw costs like. Ten million dollars to make, so yeah. it's not a big deal. This is like a two, two hundred, two hundred fifty million dollar budget every time. But I also believe, though, and I had this conversation not too long ago. I, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of blame should go on that that faction of fans. I mean, they're yeah. really hateful, spiteful oh, people. They are. They so, are. and and the stupidity. But, the, but these is, are fans though, that you can never satisfy. Never. Because if you give it to them all the no. time, they're like, rah, rah, rah. <clears throat> if you take it away, it's like, ah, Star yeah, but, Wars! But, but more Star Wars! To your earlier point about, like, you know, they're going to boycott Solo, I, I, I think I recounted this story before where I, or I overheard, like, the stupidest conversation about Solo... Uh, I was I was in line at concessions mm. and there were these two these two idiots behind me story, yeah. and they hadn't even seen the movie and they were talking about plot points well one had one hadn't and literally it was like yeah how he gets his last name is really stupid and the, and the actual dialogue was yeah well I haven't seen the movie but I heard about that <laughs> yeah. yeah that sounds really well, stupid I mean, to th- me this and, is, and yeah. they're not going because of that. Guys, well, my, like, yeah, my, it's my, your fault. My Jason Blum interview that I, I put on Forbes um, a few weeks ago ahead of the opening of Halloween Horror Nights. Yes. I stuck it on my Facebook page and someone who I've, I've never come across before basically responded by going, all of his movies are shit. Mm. All of them. All of them. And okay. I said, okay, uh, well, I don't. I disagree. I said, you know, and you could see the, the conversation. But basically he, he hadn't seen the movies. He'd made massive assumptions of what they were. His opinion had come from seeing trailers for the movies. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, well, what about movies that he's produced, like uh, A Black Klansman? Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash. Uh, several other movies I mentioned. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, but they're not horror. I said, no, what you said was all of his movies are shit, despite you not seeing any of the horror movies. Just And I said, get out. And unfriended. Oh, yeah. Totally different. Same genre. Totally. It's like, oh, it just uses the conventions. Everybody who makes a horror movie makes conventions. Every director <laughs> has their style, works gen- generally within a genre, and has a, a certain kind of narrative line that they, they tend to follow Absolutely. through the majority of their product. And I'm like, but he didn't direct a load of these movies. He didn't write a load of these movies. He produced his production company. So I'm like, that's just fucking stupid. It, it, it's yeah. really stupid. Yeah. But no, I mean, th- th- there is that thing where a lot of people who haven't seen the movies, they tend to have an opinion on it. And which they is, think that the movies, you've said this before too, they think the yeah. movies are made... Just for them. For them. Yes. It's, the, the movies are made for a wider audience. Yeah. The most dangerous thing you can do in Hollywood is just make a product for your hardcore audience. Right. Because your hardcore audience would be, always be smaller than a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Right? Just purely by definition. Yeah. So you may retain those. But also, if you make a film specific for your target audience and they reject it, then you're truly screwed. That is just bad business. 
Yeah, Simply absolutely. bad business. You want to try and keep them happy, but it's not exclusively for a fan base. And that goes for every single kind of movie. Every single. But also, there is no one particular type of Star Wars fan. There is no one particular type of slasher fan. Everybody likes something different in a movie. Something that one person will like, someone else might dislike. And, I, you know, you there is no proven formula for a film being a success. And don't forget, a lot of shit movies go on to make a lot of money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you, it's there is no there's it, no math hard math behind it. No, there isn't. But people like it, Blumhouse. People like Lucasfilm. People like Disney, Marvel, DC. They know there's a recipe here. It's about what else you add in to make it a bit different. But that recipe, it's a fucking sponge cake. You can yeah. put currants in it. You can put cherries in it. It's still a sponge cake. But but, but I've but I have found that the I always Star talk about Wars... cake. You do. I talk about cake a lot. I have suddenly realised. <laughs> have your cake. There you go. Too. You are the host. Thank you. Um, but I, I find that the Star Wars fans, like for a while, it used to be the Marvel fans. Oh yeah. And and then the DC. But but Star Wars has so above and beyond. Like they've gone to such harshness. Like what what happened with. Um, uh, is it Kelly Kelly Marie Tran? Yeah, yeah. right. What, what what happened with her? And I mean, but this is all fans. Now people will argue, well, that's just a small part of us. I agree with you a hundred percent, but they are the loudest. Yeah, and uh, they're they're and they're actually not the nicest, and they think that these movies should be made for them. And they will complain, complain about everything. Mm-hmm. The movie is made for them when the testing sets in. Yeah. And, these, and you get the responses. And when you're on set, the directors are not thinking about the fans. I've yet to find a director true. who genuinely is like, they care about the fans. They will listen to what the fans say, but they're going to make the best movie to make the best money. Because box office is bottom line. And sometimes it doesn't work out right. No. Sometimes the box office doesn't come. No, it, it doesn't. But, and sometimes uh, the movie doesn't align up with your years of theories. Yeah. Either. But do you know what? That theories, <laughs> so, it's it's right. it's not it, real. Yeah, Star Wars yeah. is not a documentary. <laughs> it's your theory. Not a documentary. So let's look at some of the guys in the chat was. talking about this. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, God, I burst your bubble. Welcome back. Uh, Elias Connolly in the chat saying, I think the blame for Solo's poor box office uh, figures, aside from the director change and the bad-mouthing fans with the fact that it had to compete with Infinity War and Deadpool 2, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Personally, I actually really enjoyed Solo. It's far from perfect. It's kind of mid-table, you know, upper mid-table for me in the Star Wars universe. It's certainly not the best film, but I did enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I think the whole thing about how Solo got his name was was terribly oh, done. But you know what? So I'm a I'm a middle aged man. Yeah, but it didn't. Why so it did it bother you so much? It I don't was, know. It was I so just, dumb. I why? Know, I, I, it stood out. Like, well, it was I, like, I, so it, like it was like such a throwaway scene. It's great to have a passion for something, <laughs> I but I mean, why. I've spoken to many directors, and they're like, if your life is so so attached and so involved to something, where something like that will break you, you need to look at your life. You, you <laughs> genuinely do. I'm all for having a passion, and I'm all for fandom, and you I'm do. all for absolutely getting behind. But it's like when, I remember a couple of months ago, there's a Stranger Things kid, and there was someone in, they'd done a whole day of press. I think it was in New York, and they were tired, and they were going back to the hotel, and someone started like you know shouting shit at them, saying like, "I made you." I'm like, "You didn't make them." Their hard work, their parents getting up and taking them to auditions at like three in the morning. <laughs> them doing seven days I on set. You. you didn't make. Well, are you fucking I Dr. Frankenstein? Yeah. Put yeah. your tools away, it's man, alive. baby. Yeah, it's I want to talk more. But, like, what do you thought his But other people are saying, uh, yeah, a Dan, a Dan Flickin just saying, yes, yeah, Solo had a $250 million budget and made yeah. $392 million world. Uh, talk about failure. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was a failure. Um, but I, I, I've seen 
you know, lots of movies that are not great movies do very good box office, and some great movies do nothing. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, this is from Westy Kid. Uh, Kylo Ren was the advantage, but Darth Vader looks better than him, and his merchandise sells quicker. Yeah, a lot of it's about merchandise. Uh, yeah, uh, Scott Menzel, you appear to be duplicated. You're in the chat. <laughs> Uh, You're in the chat. What did you it's, say? It's good to see you giving your full attention to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Sky, Sky Patterson. I believe that if I was running Lucasfilm, uh, unfortunately, just to push judgmental fans, I would release Star Wars Episode Nine in 2021, then do two more films in 2023 and 2025, then reboot in 2028 and call it a day. Um, I don't think we're going to see a Star Wars reboot. I think we're going to see the family grow. No. I don't think we're going to see a reboot anytime. No, no, I, I, it's no, it's no. one of the franchises that doesn't isn't going to get no, that. No, no reboot. Uh, Dylan Ficken just saying Star Wars fans uh, are... are, are are as critical of directors as DCEU fans are of Rotten Tomatoes aggregate scores from the overall critics. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Like, Touché. Yeah, so, it's Touché. so, no, I think it's I think it's 100% true, but no surprise in the slowdown there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's right. They're doing the right thing to regroup now rather than push any more out. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, first look at uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker this week. Uh, the character we now know is called Arthur. Not a remake of the Dudley Moore movie. <laughs> not a remake of the Russell, <laughs> Russell Brand, Brand movie. movie. Uh, yes, mm. Russell Brand made an Arthur movie. Yes, he did. Pretty much everybody missed that. Yeah, yes. even uh, Greta Gerwig. She wanted yeah. Arthur filmography. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, so what, what about those images of Whacking Phoenix this week? And we've obviously seen some set photos that have come out this week as well. Tell me about that. This this looks real. I'm I'm really hyped for this movie. Really? I, yeah. Okay. I I mean. Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, he's he's such an amazing actor. We've talked about this before. Absolutely. He's done so many different characters, sure. but he doesn't feel meta like Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, and I, I really just think that this is a very unique take. It's something that's wildly different from any Joker character that we've seen before. Mm. And it feels like a fresh take. If you somebody, do not feel the same way. Hey, I saw the hey, picture hey, and I'm like, he looks like Joaquin Phoenix in a blazer. Um uh, it, movie magic. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. movie but, magic. But, but wait, what picture are you looking at? Because I only saw the one picture of Joaquin Phoenix. I didn't show him as the Joker. No, no, no. They've, yeah. they, no, they've shown him as this character that he's hasn't become. The, yeah, Arthur. Yeah. He hasn't become the Joker. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay. You know, I, my, my my question is, if there's anybody online who, yeah. who is a real DC fan. There oh, you opened that Pandora's box. Oh, oh, no, no, no. oh, no. You're no. on the wrong show, Dimitri. No, no, no. I, I <laughs> ask because if, if I'm correct, from reading the comics, um, there is a character, Arthur, who becomes the Joker, and yeah. he's like a failed comedian. And I'm wondering if that's what they're basing this off of. There you go. Ah, Rocky Phoenix there, a voice the from voice above. The voice of God. The voice, know what I'm the talking voice of about. God has spoken. No one heard me. <laughs> yeah. But oh, here, yeah. here I am. All right, yeah. You know what? I, I have said a it was. call coming in from the United Kingdom, oh. so I need to. Uh, pardon me, I get the UK calling. Totally fine. Uh, so yeah, you you, uh, you take that. You okay, come back. No problem. Uh, okay, so so oh, yeah. So I, I missed it. Oh, <laughs> spoiler. Oh well. Okay. Spoiler. Uh, yeah. So so I think I mean personally, I'm actually really enjoying the fact that we're not seeing him. Every single time when the movies come out, we've seen the character as the Joker. Right. And I'm actually, I'm really enjoying the fact that we're going to go on well, a, on a so different journey. Wouldn't it be nice if we actually never seen him as the Joker before the movie came out? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you, yes. 
But I think there's a, a large amount of the audience that will go that to needs, a Joker yeah, movie yeah, yeah. and they want to see the Joker. They yes. want a little bit of story. They want some some juxter in there. But we did see but, Jack Napier as Jack Napier prior to to him falling yeah, in the Axis but, but chemical. But I, I think if you if you take it all the way through the movie and it's either the, like the final third or that last crescendo where you really see him as the Joker, you're going to give a lot of audience member you know sort of box office blue balls because they want right. they want the Joker. So you right. should give them the Joker. But I do like the fact that we're going to see him pre Joker. Yeah, that I I do yeah. think that, and I think yeah. they can do something really interesting and really different with that. Right. And I think we're always complaining, and and this is endemic in lots of franchises. We're always complaining, and fans also complain that sometimes when you get the same thing repeated over and over and over again, it's like I want something different. I want something different. And then, and we've seen this too, when you give them something different, they're like, "That's not the same. I don't want it. I want more of the same." So you can't please everybody. Right. No. But I think this is the right path that they're taking. And if it is an origin story, you need a fucking origin. You can't just go like, hey, well, yeah, something happened. Oh, it's okay. You need you need to explore that part of the narrative. Yeah. That's you the whole d- reason for making the movie. You do. You do. And they gave... DC has given the Joker many kinds of different origins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the mystique of the Joker is... Is that they don't really know where or who he came from. Like yeah. if you look, particularly if you look at the Nolan uh, series, yes, right? Yes. They they made a point in the Dark Knight Returns to not like they, nobody knew where this guy came from, yeah. who he was. The Joker himself kept on changing his story about how he got his smile, and that was something that was part of the comic lore mm. up until and again and I, I I forget which series it was, whether it was year one or something where they 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 bring this Arthur in who's a failed comic trying to take care of his wife. Yeah. Who I think is pregnant and there's a whole thing going on. But then the Joker becomes this Red Hood character. There's a whole lore around there's one character well, alone, so if they're going to put it in film, now they're making this canon. Well, there's some some really interesting uh, chat about this. It, this is always a topic that gets a lot of a oh, lot of yeah. action in the chat. Zeno Hour saying this movie is taking influence in the Killing Joke graphic novel. Uh, Sky Patterson saying Todd Phillips's Joker is a standalone film that takes place in 1981 Gotham City. It's a film that will exist under Warner Brothers' new banner called DC Dark. Absolutely correct in that. John Harrison saying I wish Paul Thomas Anderson was directing Joker. That'd be interesting. But I'm I have a, a, a a, a love-hate relationship with me PTA. Too. Oh, me Some too. Some of his stuff, me I love. Too. And this, I love is, why, to this is why I don't understand. A lot of people are like, no, films by director are all brilliant. I'm like, some of the best directors in the industry turn out some stinkers for oh me. Oh, my God. Um, I think PTA is one of those, an amazing yes. filmmaker, but sometimes his stuff just does just oh, don't land for me at no. all. It makes me right. quite angry. Uh, Ricky DeVilla saying, I have no idea how I feel or what it'll be like, but also saying the most exciting thing about this Joker project, and I think Ricky's comment is especially valid, and I think this is something we lack a lot in Hollywood, uh, is I have no fucking idea how it will turn out and that I won't have to worry for a single minute about the tie-ins to other films. I 100% uh, yes. agree. Right. Yes. I 100% agree. Sometimes we know too much about movies, the narrative they're taking, the the line they're taking. I really miss the days of we don't really find stuff out about movies until we go there. Until we either it's super close to it being released or we actually sit our asses down when we paid our back in the day $8 yeah. to sit of now $15 sit down and that the credits roll, the movie starts and the whole thing is a surprise. And I think we lose some of the magic of what the filmmakers put into these things by the fact we go in there and we know 
jump scares or we know character twists or we know what's going to happen or we know like the trailer for Mile 22 basically the whole movie cut oh, down yeah. to two minutes right. and I'm just like I just think I really miss this I'm actually aside from having to talk about it on the show I'm trying to steer clear of this because I want to come to this you know as, as clean as possible I do yeah, want to do that and the thing is too outside of watching the trailer I do my best to stay away from reading stuff online like, oh, look, this is the new ship that's in Star Wars, yeah. or this is the cast of characters in this. And I really try to, like, I don't need to know that. And I also, I've talked about this before, I hate online sites that tell me these are the things that need to be, like, and you'll see oh, them here. Yeah. These, this is what ne- these are five things that need to be in the Joker movie. Yes. No, no, they yes. don't. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it just needs to be a good movie. Those, what... No, they don't need to be in the movie. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a the, new take, it's like everything's out, bring in the new things. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, want to yeah. check. We've seen, we've seen 10 minutes on the clock. Anthony, we started at just after 10 past 9. Um, if, if we go for, it's currently 9.50. If we can just extend that. Thanks, man. Uh, okay, so let's move on to, uh, do we, anything else you guys want to say on no. that? Again, this is something that a lot of people in the chat are actually really talking about. Uh, Darren Flick and just saying, I wonder if they'll include a different Harley Quinn. I don't want them to. This is no, a Joker movie. I don't Keep either. it about the yeah, Joker. Yeah. Let, some of, and this is not just a DC thing. This is also in a lot of other franchises. Stop trying to branch stop, off. Stop stuff. trying to branch off, but stop yeah. trying to squeeze stuff in. And yes. again, they did it with, I mean, The Conjuring 2, where they squeezed in The Nun last minute so they could do a standalone movie. I thought that was overcredited. So many movies now, they try to overstuff it. Right. And I think sometimes we see that with even Infinity War, which was meant to be a really oh, big ensemble yeah. piece. Oh, yeah. When sometimes you don't, you have too, perhaps just a handful too many people in there, you don't get to service them correctly the, and the whole film suffers the, for that the movie that suffers the most from this and I know it, it did not do well at the box office was the amazing Spider-Man 2 I thought you were going to say show dogs <laughs> show dogs <Okay>. unfortunately <laughs> but show I mean too. yeah that one too much <laughs> it caused them to go out of business two weeks ago um, anyway um you know, that was one where they set up so much. They were cramming so yeah. much into a movie. And they're like, oh, we're going to have it. And then we're going to throw the scene in the end. It's going to make a whole spin-off movie and blah, 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 blah. And it never happened. No. Because they, they it, like, it just felt so out of sync, the entire movie. You're like, yeah, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And you never got to really feel or get to know right. anything that was yeah. going on in the film. It just felt like a fucking clusterfuck. I mean, not only does that overfull, I think that was horribly miscast in oh, many, yeah. many ways. Yeah. Like, that yeah. just, oh. like, Paul that Giamatti had- as the ry- rhino? Yeah, which was oh, for, for no reason, right? For no reason, for no reason. Didn't it was top and tail, yeah. which is a shame. Yeah, uh, Jack Miller saying we're going to move on from this in a second. Jack Miller saying though I'm pretty pumped to see it. The Joker as a character, uh, as a character, shouldn't have an origin. That's part of the mystery of the character. We shouldn't know why, uh, why he is what he is. He just is the Joker. I kind see, of see Hollywood's that. Listening, I kind <laughs> of see that, but I, I mean, I, I actually I, sometimes for me when you don't know the origin, I, it's just a little bit like. It feels sometimes like, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think, and I get the thing about, oh, it's a mystery. But I think also when you have a character, especially with that is interpreted in so many ways by so many people and so beloved, it's not, I mean, you can, you can then apply that to like every character. Can, but but, but can, I I, can I use an example? Sure. Uh, let Go me bring it. something up of a, of a franchise that is very near and dear to me, which I love. Paul Blumble Cop. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. I knew that was coming. You got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you didn't need the origin of the <laughs> bad Paul guy. Paul Cop. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm talking about uh, like Halloween, right? When Rob Zombie took over in his mm. two abysmal movies, yes. yeah. But he gave Michael Myers an origin story in a sense, mm-hmm. 
And it declaws the fact that, like, it, oh, he had a tough childhood and, you know, he had people picking on him. And yeah. that's why he becomes a serial killer where it's really not known. Like, in, in, in Halloween, it's like, no, he's just purely and simply evil. There's no reason for it. There's no origin story for it. Yeah. Right? And so it sort of kind of takes, it took away from the horror of what that character stood for. Yeah. So if you do that with the Joker, especially now that it's going to be on film, yeah, because that is going to be it. It's on film. Uh, we've seen it. It's shot. That's it. It's canonized. Going forward, when we see the Joker, depending on how well this movie does, yeah, right. That's what people will look at. So, but the thing is, I, I, I agree and I disagree. Yeah, because, I'm the same because essentially. When it comes to comic book movies, there's so many different versions of the character. Yeah. And that's the way that they can get away with as much shit as they do. <laughs> and you, and you, you can't have something True. different if you're going to have the same. And the right. same would be another retread of where we know that exactly. he's the Joker. So it's 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 six but, of one and half a dozen right. of the and other, it's like with Halloween and Michael Myers... But it's a valid point. Well, yeah, it's a valid yeah. point. But with Michael Myers, like what they tried to do with that was they took a character that was so beloved and, and so established and tried to freaking reinvent the wheel on something that there has been no other sources made. They tried to create something. Yeah. At least with this, they can kind of go through all the different versions of the Joker and say, okay, we're going to pull a little bit from this or we're going to pull a little bit from that. And I, I, make get it their it. Own. I get it, but I think part of the lore and what DC has done through the years yeah. is they've given that character... A mystery, yeah, and yes. I think that's what's what's kept the readership, what's kept the character of the Joker so popular. So then, yes, you can see various things um, happen, or or they can say this character is it, or he could be the Red Hood in one thing, but we don't really know. We just have these various storylines, yeah. story times, and that's what makes the character such a mystery where the person that he's fighting is Batman. Mm. They really don't change that origin mm. right. at all. Like, right. even as many times as they've rebooted it, his parents are still gonna die. Like, it's not gonna happen. Spoiler. So, you know, you, you've got the constant against... Yeah. The person that comes out of nowhere who's evil. Xeno uh, Hour saying, uh, and I'm assuming that Xeno Hour is joking on this, uh, what's this Rob Zombie's Halloween movie you claim to exist? <laughs> if, I know. I if, know. If, if most you, people don't, don't acknowledge if, it. If you don't know it exists, keep it that way. Keep yes, it that way. yes. I just, agree. I'll because just say if you that. don't, it'll make you very angry. It's like, not so much a curio, his movies. They're more like <laughs> curie knows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's move on to one more story before we... I mean, there's so much stuff we haven't touched on. We'll touch briefly, perhaps, on some of them. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is Nicolas Cage wanting to do a Blumhouse movie. Uh, and Jason Blum already has an idea. I don't know where this story came from. I don't know where I this story know. came where, from. Where did, where did, where did, where did the story? I mean, I mean I it's a great know. story. It's been picked up by a lot of movie sites this week. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Some kind of yeah. I don't know. Was uh, it Forbes? <laughs> it was Forbes. <laughs> basically, <laughs> the origin Forbes. for this story, and I have to credit um, slash film uh, were one of the outlets that gave me credit for this story this week. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. That is a professional Peter courtesy. Peter Scaretta is Pe a man. Peter, the man. I really appreciate it. Peter and Chris, who, who yeah. actually ran with the story, yeah. um, and they talked about it on the podcast this week. I do appreciate it. It's professional courtesy, and I'd like to see more of that. So thank you so much for that uh, Nicholas Cage I spoke to him for uh, for Forbes to do with the release of Mandy right. um, we were talking about low budget uh, movies the fact that he's doing quite a few of these things and sort of stuff that's more experimental and I posed the idea I said so if you're moving in this arena people who are doing really well in that area and obviously doing well theatrically uh, it's Blumhouse so I said would you work with right. Blumhouse turns out Nick is a really big fan 
uh, of Blumhouse. He would really like to work with them. Just so happened that also last Friday, I was uh, catching up with Jason again at uh, the launch of Halloween Horror Nights, which, right. by the way, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Hollywood is, is excellent this year. So do do check that out. I got my tickets. Uh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Really, Stranger Things maze, the Poltergeist maze, uh, the Halloween 4 maze, Universal Monsters I really love. Not a lot of people are giving that a lot of love. I did enjoy that. Super, super year this year. Um, so I spoke to Jason. I said, look, Nick, Nick and I spoke this week and he's told me that he wants to be in Blumhouse. He was absolutely delighted. He's a massive fan of Nick Cage. I mean, who isn't? Um, and uh, and so he was like, yeah, and I've got a, an idea already. So he told me what he would do with Nick Cage. This story obviously sort of got out. People picked up on it, which was which was ace. I sent it out to a few people as well to, to highlight it. I thought they might be interested. Um, so yeah, Nicolas Cage doing a Blumhouse movie. Um, and even, even Slash Film are like, take a story, back it up, get a response of the other side, put it out there, which is what I did. It means that rather than someone pie-in-the-sky thing, you're going, I'd like to be Batman. You know, would you do a Marvel movie? Um, you back it up and you get a response from the other side. Do you guys think that if Nick Cage did a Blumhouse movie, that would be great? And I think, personally, this would give him an absolute career resurrection that he really needs. He's doing interesting stuff with likes of Mandy, but I think this would put him back on the big screen. I also remember Mom and Dad when she was awesome in. Did you see that? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was freaking great. It, a lot of people didn't like that movie, but really? I thought he was great in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so over the top, but it was such a great Nick Cage movie, yeah. and him and Selma Blair perfect. Maximum Cage. Oh. Yeah. Maximum um, I'm, I mean, I'm. we've talked about this. We I, have. I've been just... I'm very excited for this. I think, um, you know, he is an actor who has kind of lost his way. You know, he started off kind of doing action movies and dramas and all. And, well, first Valley comedies, girl. comedies, yeah, Valley like comedies, dramas, great. action, and then he just kind of fell into like D movie territory where he was just yeah. making shit after and shit some after terrible, shit. like the one where where the rapture with the people on the plane. Oh my! Which God. is yeah. just one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I mean, he had some. I mean, I, don't oh, I love Nick Cage, but, but, no, 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 but, right. but he had some monetary issues. Yeah, he did. So he had to work. I mean, that's just the bottom bad, line. Work, work, work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I agree. I mean, why doesn't he play Rourke from Fantasy Island? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, do you see? I, I I think a Blumhouse movie. If he did a Blumhouse movie and he put himself back on the map, really, and proved that he could he could be part of something that d- does bring some serious box office, sure. then I think we'll see him getting roles like Rourke. But I think until then, he needs something to to reprove himself a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think he'd be great. I'd love to see him in a Blumhouse movie. I think he could do his his maniacal stuff, but reined in ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Well, but something that's really fun and he campy. Doesn't, he I, doesn't have to be maniacal. That's the thing. People forget that he can be. But we a, like him when he's maniacal. Actor. Well, well, but he could be somebody's dad. He could be an action hero. That was, that was Jason's idea. That yeah. he's the dad of a of a young boy or yeah. a teenager who has something terrible happen to them, and yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, Jason so, came. Jason had actually thought about it. So I, I genuinely think that at some point there's a list in Jason Blum's office. By the way, welcome to Blumhouse Corner. Yes. Well, um, well, welcome back. Welcome back to <laughs> well, Blumhouse Corner, uh, where there's a list of people that he wants to work with, and he's yeah. kind of got ideas about how to work it in. So, I mean, I think it's great that we could bring these two marvelous people together. Again, another example of Hollywood is listening. I mean, I really do. I mean, these are facts. I'm not, I'm not making stuff up. I, I don't necessarily believe in coincidence. So, uh, you know, I, I think our fans, I, our fans, I think, believe us. Yeah. 
Why wouldn't they? They they tune in every week, right? And Nick, we don't set them wrong. Film nerd Jamie saying Nicolas Cage's tattoo in Fantastic Island. <laughs> Fantasy. Do you know what? Uh, no, nice. but no. also yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so I think it's. I think uh, hopefully they will, will. They will do something together. I think that would be absolutely amazing. I mean, I would like to see. Um, someone's talking about um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, being one of their favourite. Uh, all-time movies, which I think that film gets a terrible rap. It's it's quite bad, but it's also quite genius. I would love to see Nick Cage, but Nick Cage told me in the in the interview. <laughs> There's I a mean, reason no, why Sean yeah, Connery yeah, isn't working. It's right, so right. bad, it's but I love that, it. That's what he went out on. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Bring it yeah. back. No, but I, I genuinely, I mean, he was t- telling me that the one role that he's that he really wants to play is Captain Nemo. Oh yeah. No, he really wants to play Nemo, and he's like, "Look, if anybody's well, got a script, got an idea, well, he's up for it." I thought Gamble del Toro was supposed to be doing a twenty thousand well, leagues. In I mean, that, that was talked about for uh, a long, long time. Like hundred hundred million things. Yeah, I, I, know. I don't know where where that is in the shuffle for. Well, he's Guillermo. doing the Tales of the Dark movie, yeah. Right. But we'll uh, we'll see. I think that would be great. And also, um, I spoke to to Jason about the, the Dark Universe, and they he's he's still very much like, "Yeah, we'd like to take that on and do that." But there's stuff to talk about. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, okay, very quickly, we've only got eight minutes left on the show, and we've got box office and trailers to do as well. Uh, other news this week, Charlie's Angels adding Patrick Stewart as, the, as another Bosley. 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 It makes me excited to see the movie a little bit more. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, th- I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think it's, sure. it's, it's fun. Uh, yeah. w- Walking Dead movies and more spin-offs in the works at AMC. Movies. I'm done. I thought it was dead. I'm done. I mean, literally, the ratings have been plummeting. Yeah. yeah. I just literally thought, like, movies... I love... I, I, I still stick with The Walking Dead. Um, I don't know why. I'm quite looking forward to the next season. I want to see what they want to do when Andrew Lincoln's killed off. Hopefully it'll be a reset and a refresh for the for the show. Um, I don't think any of those movies would make it to the big screen. I think they're talking about feature-length TV stuff. Yeah. If you're doing that, do it and end it. That is me. However, the spin-off, Fear the Walking Dead, is actually better now than it's ever been. Fear the Walking Dead is really, really nice. Season 4 is superb. Season... I almost gave up after Season 2. Stuck with it for season three glad i did season four different feel different timeline within the same universe but they kind of play with the with the timeline of where you are for the narrative it's great i, I really enjoy that series uh, eddie murphy to lead a new comedy inspired by grumpy old men i, I see uh, I, i'm down for really it. i'll tell you why <laughs> eddie murphy you know eddie murphy to me is one of the all-time great comedians and he had an amazing career in a time where like you weren't trying to put people of color in movies mm. like like it wasn't being you know and how do i put this like he was he was popular for being Eddie Murphy and being oh, funny we talked okay. about this yes so something happened along the way yeah. and he became unfunny and it wasn't just because i can understand doing family films yeah. and and not doing r rated comedies anymore but but something just happened i actually to him. blame i actually and, blame nutty professor because which i one? feel i feel like the first one because that was the one that kind of launched him into this almost like raunchy but like still sort of family friendly yeah. fair and then he went on to do the second one, which was just atrocious. Yeah. And then he went to do Norbin and all these yeah, other terrible films. Like he did all these other movies. And in and, and the way I feel, and maybe it's just pure nostalgia talking, yeah. 
he still has a funny movie. But wouldn't you rather him have an original movie? Like, I, I yeah. hate these. Like, I, I, I blame Norbert. <laughs> I just put it all on Norbert. Oh, Pluto Nash? Okay. Oh, oh Pluto Nash. Nash. Come on. Oh. I mean, like, all I'm saying is if this is what's going to... Like, there's nothing saying that this, this is, is not going to reinvent his bad. career. I hate no. the title. I'm not that. saying reinvent, but I mean, it could be funny. I mean, I'm just looking for him to Walter have Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon. Guys, like, sorry. yeah, no, it's sorry. true. Yeah. Just, so I've just got sorry. a couple of things to get through. I, I agree there. Josh Gad uh, and Paul Walter has a campaign to play the uh, the Penguin in the Batman. Perfect I would take, choice. I would take either of those. Sure. Well, I think Josh Gad would be great. I was uh, always rooting for Philip Seymour Hoffman, but uh, obviously he's no longer with us. Rest in peace. But also Paul Walter Hauser, um amazing in Black Klansman. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yes, in Black yes, Bassman. yes. That's Super. the uh, guy from I, Tanya? Uh Yes. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, in I, Tanya yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and people are asking Same about this, so I want to touch on it very, very quickly. Uh, the Red Sonja movie back on track with Brian Singer directing. Uh, it's a no from me. It's a no from me. It's yeah. a no from me. Yeah. Didn't really love the original. Um, I understand there's obviously a comic interpretation as well. Uh, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm a no on Brian Singer. Yeah, I'm just uh, me too. not a massive fan of the majority of his work. Some stuff he's done was great. I'm just kind of, there's plenty of other people who could do this way better right. so I'm a no for right. me okay let's talk about trailers very quickly before we get to the releases uh, did you know Captain Marvel dropped this week no way wait. I didn't see it it was no build up by Brie Larson at all none <laughs> none at all wait Brie Larson's Captain Marvel yeah, yeah. Well, 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 it is, you know I, I thought know. I didn't know I, you didn't know oh wow uh, she, was on, she was on the entertainment weekly cover you know there thoughts was, oh you know what uh, my, my subscription ran out oh yeah, yeah. thoughts no. on the trailer guys awesome yeah, awesome. it's, it's Marvel's Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. I but, mean it's really well done. I it's mean great. it's it looks so badass. Yeah. yeah, and I mean Brie Larson just you know she fits this role so perfectly. Yeah. Great, and the fact that this this movie is going to really expand her career I and agree. open so many more doors I for agree. her because she's so underrated as an actress as it is. Yeah. So the, I can't, I can't freaking wait. I'm I, so pumped. I'm looking forward to it. The thing that really, really excited me about it is the fact there were so many different ideas and angles in there, and just so many things to think about. But it doesn't give you too much of any one no. thing, and I like that. I, 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 I like agree that. with you, but it, we also know that that character is going to factor heavily in Infinity War. We all, we know that, that, that is true. Know, so. uh, Mary Poppins and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, <laughs> What do you think about that this week? I fucking hated Mary Poppins. The original one? I, ori- I genuinely really? it, I hate that My movie. My wife Ashley feels the same way. I She's hate like, it. she never got through Absolutely it. Absolutely hate it, but I'm really looking forward to this. I, I love the original Mary Poppins. I really do. Um, this second trailer, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm all in. I think Emily Blunt. She's not so much looking to recreate Julie Andrews. She's right. just playing Emily, you yeah. know. She, and so I like that. I also love the marketing of this uh, f- from a print campaign because the poster also dropped this week yes, too. Yes, And that poster has the old school 60s, 70s Walt Disney like look to it where it's just great artwork. The character is front and center with all these little glimpses of potential scenes in the movie, and the title is right there in the middle. Yeah. It's great. It, it just brought nice me back. Nice throwback. It's a great throwback. I think they're doing a wonderful job marketing this movie. I can't see this movie missing at all. No, I think no. it's going to be an absolutely massive hit. Yeah. If I yeah. was if I was anything else, I just want to get out of the way of this oh, movie this, this holiday season. Okay, very, very quickly. Uh, movies out this weekend. It's not exactly a blockbuster weekend. Assassination Nation is opening. Uh, very mixed reactions to that movie. Have you guys seen either of I have not. I fucking hated it. 
Okay, so that's a no. So you didn't <laughs> just hate uh, it. I fucking hate okay, it. So With a passion. Another one that's splitting people this week. I say splitting. <laughs> not getting a very good review. Uh, Life Itself. Did you see this? I did. Did okay. you see it? I did not see it. I really enjoyed it. I really that enjoyed is, it. That is rare. Yeah. A lot I, of people I, I know, really I know a lot but of people. But you're a really white male it. critic. And I'm not supposed to like it. Based yeah. on Dan Fogelman. I'm curious about I it. I like but... it, Dan Fogelman. Don't worry, I got your back, buddy. Previews 100,000 last night. It's looking at a weekend of 5.2. It's going to be top 10, but it's uh-huh. not going to be doing particularly well. Fahrenheit 11.9, the new movie from Michael Moore, new documentary. Obviously, it is not pro-Trump, so I'm guessing that's going to be a bit of the audience out the window. Previews of 250,000, looking at a weekend of six. It's going to be mid-table, uh, mid-to-upper-table in the box office this week. Uh, did you guys get to see this? I haven't seen that one yet. I wanted to it... see it, but unfortunately... You didn't see it? No, I did not Why? see it. Why? I saw it. Oh. All this, I, I, it was it was great. I mean, this is this is a wake up call to America. If but, we don't but, have but, one but enough, here's, but here's the thing. All right, like, I yeah, want to guys, see we're it. running out of time. No, I want to see it. I really do, but I think it's preaching to a choir. It's of not going to convert anybody. Yeah. But I and it'll only make the people who are in that choir more enraged than we actually. I do want to say something really, really quick. Okay. So yes, I agree with you, but. This is an angry film. This is not... You think that Michael Moore is liberal and a Democrat. Yep. This movie attacks Democrats and liberals. That's okay. all I want to say. Sure there's, there's, a, there's quite uh, a few documentaries out there right now. Uh, no, I would have loved to have seen this, but unfortunately the uh, the PRs did not uh, reach out to me. Uh, the house with a clock in its walls. Got to be very careful how you say that. That looks like it's going to top the box office this weekend. Hashtag That's house, a different movie. house with a clock in its walls. <laughs> uh, 840,000 in previews. That's more than Goosebumps did, the last similar movie that had Jack Black in it. It's looking at a weekend of 21 million. That's probably going to come out on top. Didn't get to see this this week, unfortunately. I had people in from out of town. Guys, did you see this? What I did, did not actually see I this. Did. You yeah. saw it. I saw it last night. I did. I I saw this movie last night. Uh, It's fun. It's it's definitely R.L. Steinish. It's made for the families. It's it's interesting to see uh, Eli Roth, like not like tempered down, uh, not using gore. Uh, He does a he does a he does an okay homage to movies of similar ilk that are sort of kind of in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, however, for me, there was a little bit of a pacing issue. The third act suffers from Bondy, villainous, plotty, and, and it's a little bit infantile. You'll get what I'm saying when you see the movie, but all in all, Black, uh, Jack Black, and Cate Blanchett together are fantastic. Uh, Eli Roth really knows how to direct them and he, and he it's a great cup uh, like pairing and the kid's pretty decent too and he directs the kid really well it's good to hear because there's another movie that I know Eli and a friend of mine who's a screenwriter been working on for quite some time and the success <clears throat> of this movie might be a factor whether uh, that one gets made so fingers crossed this there, will do well there is something that's very important about yep, very quickly. this is that you have to go see this movie in an IMAX theater location because you'll get an amazing bonus and that bonus is you'll get to see Michael Jackson's thriller directed by John Landis in its entirety, in its entirety, in 3D, in IMAX. Let me tell you what an amazing time it was to watch that featurette. And it's on it's on before all IMAX prints of uh, a clock. Really, and and, yeah. and who doesn't love uh, amazing bonus at the weekend? Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so, so the, box office, the box office, the box office is looking at Fahrenheit eleven nine in fifth place, Predator in fourth place, The Nun in third place, Simple Favor. Go and see it. Apparently, very oh, very good, it. getting a lot of good reviews. Good times, uh, and then uh, Clock coming out on top, which is fantastic, guys. Thank you so much indeed. We've literally run out of time. We're bending time to fit this in. Thank you so much, Dimitri. Who are you? Where can we find you? You can find me here at, uh, at Beat the Movie Press, where Hollywood is listening, and you'll have a good time too. 
Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, where we will be talking eventually about A Clock on the Walls, and today, a simple favor, as you just brought up, in The Predator 2. Since I go on too long, just catch me at 11 a.m. on LAOFC Weekly. That's it. You don't go on too long. Your bio goes on too yeah, long. My name, my, I mean, you're, you're great. You just do too much stuff. Can you be less busy? My name is Simon Thompson. This is Meet the Movie Press. You can find me at Simon on Instagram and Twitter. This show also has a Twitter now. Meet Movie Press. At Meet Movie Press. Please spread the word. We really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, if you like the show, tell your friends. We need more people to watch this show it, we need that to make it worth like us being all the here. people who are we really right appreciate now. it everybody thank here you. thank you thank everyone you. for watching bring one new person to the show next week we'll be back next week thank right. you so much guys have a great week right. from producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire Popcorn Talk Network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network Views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.